welcome to the second episode of the Cape and Hope Employee Comms Podcast. I'm thrilled that you're here. Today, we're going to be talking about an issue with huge implications for the workplace, and in particular, gender parity, employee engagement, and communication. I'm Account Director Katie Bannon, and my guest today is Cape and Hope's co-founder and managing director, Elizabeth Spencer Phillips. And today's topic is... Dun, 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 the menopause. We're going to be talking about why the menopause affects all of us, all genders, all ages, and why it needs to be addressed now. We'll also discuss the clear communication and decisive actions that need to be taken to ensure organizations retain the experience and diversity that they need. So Liz, welcome to the show. Let's talk menopause. Thanks, Katie. It's really good to be here and talking about a subject that not enough people talk about. Absolutely. This is an issue that comes with a lot of baggage. Even in 2021, it's still seen as taboo. Why do you think that is? Well, I'm of a certain age myself, and I've thought about this a lot. Traditional views, I think, still run deep. It's kind of a line in the sand defining a person's age. This woman is no longer of childbearing age. They are past it in terms of biological productivity, which obviously is, is slightly archaic. But women often talk about feeling that they've become invisible at 50. So they don't want to invite the label. Therefore, women themselves haven't wanted to draw attention to the menopause. And it's kind of self-fulfilling prophecy because therefore it's not talked about and they don't want to talk about the debilitating effect for fear of being labelled past it, which is a derogatory comment in itself, like in work terms, past what exactly? You know, all you get is more experienced as you get older. So the whole biological productivity element of it is irrelevant in the workplace. I also think that women have fought for equal pay and opportunities at work so hard over many, many years, and they don't want to highlight any indications that they may have challenges that their male counterparts don't have. And it's it's invisible. It's a bit like periods, you know, even why, why am I going periods and saying it in that way? It's a word that's still somewhat taboo. It's personal, intimate, and sometimes wrongly considered shameful. Why? Why is this? It happens to 50% of the population or women. And the other reason why I think it's still sort of seen as taboo is men and women haven't grown up listening to open conversations from their mothers, let alone fathers about this. They've often left home before their mum hits the menopause. And so they don't have any discussion, hear any discussion on it. Schools focus big time on sex education as their audience are at that stage of life where this is deemed most important. But I certainly can't remember being taught about menopause when I was at school. So these people, men and women, enter the workplace oblivious to what a huge portion of our most talented and experienced employees are suffering kind of in silence. And I really believe it's the job of senior leaders to bring this into open conversation kind of in, in exactly the same way that maternity and mental health have been. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is really critical that we start talking about it now. And to your point, that needs to start from the top. So why is it so critical we start talking about it right now? Well, I think there are a variety of reasons. One in four women consider leaving the workforce because of it. And that is a travesty, particularly as menopause hits women at the point in time when they're reaching a, the level of seniority. And what are we missing in the working world? We're missing enough female senior leaders. Absolutely, Liz. And it's so important to still retain all of that diversity and inclusivity. Absolutely. And there's a, a report from Professor Joe Lewis, who's I think co-author of a government report on the menopause. Menopausal women are the fastest growing demographic in the world. Workforce. So we have to therefore accommodate the debilitating effect that that can have on that huge talent pool. And for most women, the point at which they have the opportunity to look for senior management roles coincides with that menopause transition. And if support is lacking, 
it costs absenteeism and, and, and loss of talent. I think there's another bit of a piece of research by the CIPD that shows that almost a million women have resigned from their jobs because of the symptoms. And others might take up to 32 weeks on leave on average to get through the impact, which is going to be hindering gender equality, blocking women from senior roles. And I think, therefore, it must be considered a, a workplace issue. And there's lots of work that can be done to open the conversation and make it less taboo. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, there was a really fantastic survey done by the Fawcett Society, specifically for those working within the financial sector in the city. They've canvassed women and men and younger women, actually, which is an area that isn't talked about with menopause either, about how they feel of talking about menopause if they feel supported in the workplace and trying to get to a point where it's a more commonly spoken about issue in the workplace. So absolutely, Liz. It's great that it's starting to get some traction. It is. And I think it's also important for this lack of understanding because it's not talked about. So as we said, the men entering and women entering the workforce haven't had any discussions either at school or at home about it to understand what the symptoms are. They're not pretty. But... It's not pretty. <laughs> it can be quite wide. So very normally confident business women at the sort of zenith of their career can suddenly start experiencing inexplicable anxiety. So that's one of the things. And stress seems to aggravate that menopausal response. So obviously you're going into high powered meetings and you bet your bottom dollar at that point you will come over completely weird and sweaty you know, it doesn't really help with your presentation hot flushes so you've got the anxiety hot flushes that run through you and turn your face scarlet and your body drenched with sweat so jacket off nasty sweat patches minutes later shivers jacket back on this is difficult to contend with in a meeting when you're maybe talking about something very specific like pricing and you're surrounded by a boardroom maybe full of men who are thinking why has she gone all, all red and sweaty incontinence can be a problem for some mood swings and brain fog so the most skills and experienced people made it a little longer to respond when going through a little fog episode but it doesn't make them any less skilled it just means they're having this kind of like it's a bit like a, a fog that means they can't quite access the information but they're still as skilled as they ever were and then exhaustion and insomnia waking up six to eight times a night either drenched in sweat take off the duvet or then freezing cold put back on the duvet which means your sleep is just constantly broken and one, one more thing Katie I was going to say is for some women menopause symptoms continue way past 51 and into the 60s and 70s and can start much earlier we think of it as people who are kind of like 50 can start much earlier for some so there's not like a calendar you can work to it's very individual and it depends whether they're taking HRT which can mask the symptoms but it can go on for many many years and you make a really great point there Liz because as a woman approaching her 40s it's something that I've started to think about I hadn't been thinking about it before because it wasn't something spoken about to your original points and actually just hearing you talk today has filled me with a lot of confidence about how I can navigate that in my upcoming future and, and that's why the conversation is just so important that we're speaking Absolutely. about this openly. And to your point again earlier, Liz, the fathers, the sons, <laughs> the men in our workforce and, and how they can understand why someone might be sweating when they're talking about a financial <laughs> financial proposal. It's it's not the financial proposal, it's the hot flush. It's the hot flush. <laughs> I was actually in a in a board meeting presentation. I experienced this myself. I'll be open with you and say I'm on the HRT pill, so I'm absolutely fine now, but I have experience of this. As I got to the to the point of talking about pricing around a whole boardroom table of high finance people in London and men and I started talking about the pricing and it just rose from the base of me just complete hot flush 
covered in sweat. And one of the guys said, oh, are we a bit embarrassed about our pricing, are we? Uh, I was utterly mortified. It was nothing to do with that. There was nothing wrong with the pricing. It was just at that moment in time, possibly because, you know, I got to the point in the presentation where my stress levels just went a little bit high. I don't know, but that was very embarrassing. It shouldn't have been, but it was out of my control. So in terms of the actions that companies can take, I think let's start with understanding. So what do leaders, managers and colleagues need to know about the menopause in order to alleviate its potential impact? I think that uh, we've covered a couple of points. It needs to be talked about more. We need to make the word part of common parlance and not something that's whispered like periods, menopause, no longer taboo. We need to include it in all well-being communication companies. Just just writing the word will, will help educate both men and women. And I'll talk about an experience I had with that. When I was younger, I didn't understand it. And I actually had a slightly more mature woman working for me who was brilliant at her job. But I just got worried. I thought she'd gone weird because she kept flapping her out and leaving meetings. I'm just walking, so sorry, excuse me. And she's had to walk out of meetings and she'd go and stand in the drive for a bit and come back in. And I honestly thought she'd lost the plot. I had no understanding that she was suffering severe menopausal symptoms. I just thought she'd gone a bit bonkers and wasn't able to take the stress of her job anymore. I wish I'd known more. So I'll put my first and put my hand up and say, until I crashed into it, I didn't really know enough about it either. So talk about it, educate both men and women, because most women under 45 don't understand it enough either. So in our businesses, if we have that understanding, it will allow people to take a moment without pressure. So, you know, going back to my client board meeting presentation, just take a moment and understand that this person may be just having a moment and let them get through it because actually it doesn't often last long with menopause. It often just comes on really fast and then goes away really quickly. Just take a moment. I think managers, leaders and colleagues need to embrace this, but we'll come on to this. I know again in a minute, Katie, not make a massive issue of it because I go right back to what I said at the beginning where women don't want to be seen to be defined by it and to have it highlighted as as something that maybe makes them worse at their job than their male colleagues. So it just needs to be an acceptance, not making a big issue of it. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. And in fact, some of the clients that we work with, such as Pfizer, have some fantastic e-learning modules that allow both women and men and all people across their business to access really fantastic information about the menopause and, and how it affects people both physically and educate people about how it might impact the company and the workforce for the future as well because of that skills gap that we may be missing with women who have to unfortunately leave the business. There's also fantastic apps available such as Preppy, which is I know something that Aviva, the insurance company, use alongside quite extensive surveys. They also share a lot of stories. So to your point about talking about it, making it normal is if people within the company feel like that they can share that their experience, that shared experience really, really helps drive more conversation around it as well. Yes, absolutely. There's been a great movement in terms of sort of mental well-being and it's okay not to be okay. And I think people now have are able to talk to their managers about, or slightly more anyway than they used to, about maybe any, any sort of mental issues they may have. But I still think that a female of 50 would find it hard to go into their male manager's office and talk about the menopause to them. So I think until we can get it to the point where it's just accepted, it's the same as any other well-being issue, then, you know, and I think we're making strides. We're talking about it today, Katie. That's amazing. We're confronting it here and bringing it to the world. As I said, 50% of the population of the planet goes through this. 
Yeah, absolutely. Why is it taboo? Yes, to your point, taboo. It's not taboo. But Holland and Barrett did a fantastic campaign in 2019, 2018, 2019 called Me No Pause, which I thought was brilliant oh, because unfortunately there is a lot of negative connotation. You know, we talk about the symptoms and the impact from a negative point of view, but it doesn't stop women. Absolutely. Hasn't stopped me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I look forward to it not stopping me as well. So that's a great campaign that, that listeners you can read up on about changing the narrative around the menopause. When we're talking about discussing it, you know, making sure it's more widely talked about, how are those messages best communicated within the workplace? At Caben Hope, we talk about five principles for driving change through effective communication. And it is about telling the story, having a clear vision and purpose, establishing an inspiring an open narrative and activating your leadership to embrace this and talk about it. Secondly, developing a communication framework, developing consistent messaging about this, making sure that this, this word menopause is included in all your well-being communications and make it targeted and personalized. There may be areas that you can actually focus people of a certain age, bring women together. Maybe it's, it's sort of a, a group or something where they feel that they can actually share their tips and their, I mean, I would speak to any woman now and say, this is how I've dealt with it. These are my tactics. This is how I've done it. But to share that within an organization, make it people led, but also activate embrace technology. So this applies to all, all forms of communication campaigns. But again, we just need to make sure because technology means that people can access this. If it is seen as something sensitive, they can access it quietly and remotely and subtly on screen themselves. So those five principles um, for effective communication apply to this as well. You need to also make sure you get buy-in from everyone at an organization. I know, Katie, I think you were going to ask me some questions yes. on that. Yeah, well, I suppose the biggest one is how do you ensure buy-in from everyone at the organization and make sure that that message lands with people who maybe don't feel affected? So as we've mentioned, maybe they're men, maybe they're younger women, maybe they're embarrassed by discussing an issue that's seen as personal, intimate, even shameful. Yeah, I think this is actually a big thing. And I know we're all meant to be, you know, really open and, and sort of new people that can talk about everything. But I actually think a lot of certainly manager level and above and men and women, but maybe more so men, do find it embarrassing to talk about certain female issues. And we got to admit that and agree and, and then help them get around it to give them the tools to be able to talk about these things. So I think it needs to be mentioned in all management training for men and women alike so that they understand how to talk about it. It needs its profile raising within health and well-being comms. So maybe that tagline, you know, along the lines of it's okay not to be okay, that well-being issues may be invisible. I was actually at Boots picking up a prescription for one of my family this morning. And then there's the lanyard you can wear, which was, I think, got sunflowers on, which is basically telling people that you may have a, an issue that is invisible. So you may need mm -hmm. a little bit more time. I'm not saying we go as far as that because that would be wrong to give every 50-year-old woman a lanyard going, <laughs> look at me, I'm menopausal. But I just think that they're, it's the, the profile. Choice needs raising of it. And I think levering senior female achievers, as I mentioned earlier, to champion the discussion, to reduce the taboo is great. We all learn, we, we all want someone to look up to. We all look up to maybe a, a female leader that's more senior as us. And if they're able to, to talk about it and not hide it and pretend it hasn't happened to them, they can champion that discussion and make it 100% natural and show that you can have an amazing career through it and deal with it. And put a piece in all the employee handbooks about tolerance of individual's health, whether the issue is visible, 
or invisible so that people just understand they have to give people a moment. I think it's uh, that buy-in. I think managers need to be reminded that it does happen to 50% of their workforce and that they are the most skilled of their workforce and that they may lose them. There isn't a level of understanding. And every manager wants their department to perform brilliantly and they want their team to be motivated. So this is a big, big thing for the senior team for them to understand. Absolutely. Great tips there, Liz. So thank you very much. So in terms of channels, what are the best channels for this type of communication? Where should we be talking about this? Well, like I said, I think it needs to be woven into all health and well-being communications. I think that there's a fine balance here between accepting it and making it acceptable and that we can talk about it and but not raising it to become a big thing because there is right at the beginning I said there's a thing with women they don't actually want to be labeled and they don't want it for everyone to almost saying oh they're of that age you know so I think it's a fine balance and the channels that are used it needs to be woven into other communication channels as opposed to being put up there as a massive thing on its own a massive issue so for me it is using all the usual channels of communication plus maybe more of the social side of things because I think what women actually need is some support. They would actually like to talk to peers. So whilst we need to educate managers and younger people, I also think women who are going through this at a certain level in their career would really like to be able to have a chat room or something to be able to talk to peers. Those um, champions who may be able to go, hey, it's it's awful, isn't it? But this is how I deal with it. That Those tips are really, really helpful. I think that's a great suggestion as well about support bubbles. And it's elective. So you can choose. It's not like being forced yeah. on you, but you can choose. You know it's there and it's a great support. Absolutely. And having diversity within those support bubbles is great. So, you know, you can find women like you that share the same issues that may be culturally as well. So that's important to to consider also. Okay, well, we know that communication is a vital part of the jigsaw, but organizations also need to take practical actions. And I think we've, we've spoken about some really great practical actions already. But to summarize, just as we're kind of finishing up here, what are the key actions that businesses need to take? There are small things and large things. So don't forget the small things because they can actually really, really help. So I'm going to start with the small ones. So encourage fresh air breaks, electric fans for everyone who wants one. How many women have you seen waving menus in front of their faces in restaurants to try and create a bit of air, which also can label them? So, you know, having a hot flush, are you, love? Just allow everyone has fans on their desks. Have a phone line to a doctor maybe for advice. Encourage those support bubbles, Katie, that you mentioned so the female execs can give advice. Have speakers and podcasts like this on the topic and include it in all health and well-being comms. But at a higher level, then I would say don't hush it up. So point one, don't hush it up education and open communication. Make the invisible visible. So celebrate it, talk about it. What's the big deal? Make sure that it is not a big deal. It is just something normal that happens to 50% of the population. Flip the narrative. It's a big deal for a person going through it, but it does happen to all women. Maybe flip it and just talk about the importance of those senior skilled female executives within the organization and get the senior team to be advocates with all our employee comms. One of the things we say is it is so important to have senior team advocacy and support because it needs to come right up from the top and needs to be supported from the top. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Liz. And I, for one, am inspired by this conversation. You mentioned about senior leaders talking about it, and that's exactly what you're doing. And so I'm proud to be part of your organization. And thank you guys for listening. I hope you found our menopause episode as insightful as I did. Please leave any feedback. And if you like what 
what you're hearing, please, please do subscribe to the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I, for one, am delighted at this opportunity to talk about this subject and to bring it out into the open. And I, I would ask anyone that's listening that in a business that is in a senior role to please to support me in bringing this out into the open. Okay, well, thank you, everyone. Our next episode, we will be talking about the pressing issue of financial well-being and how best to communicate reward. So please join us for that. Have a great week. Goodbye. Bye.